It sounds pretty good. Um, sounds like we're on the phone. It sounds like we're on the phone, but... Right. That's fine. It's... You can... Oh, no! Yo. Why, computer? Hold on. Santa Rat. You gotta be fucking kidding. Wait, are you still there? One, zero. Oh, you're right there. Wait, can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. I don't know what just happened. Um, my computer went dark and it sounded like it shut off and then it like revved back to life. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a little precarious. This is going to be fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yes, I have figured out when I can get a new computer because of shit like this. Listening to the Thriving by 30 podcast. I'm your host, Brian McKinney, one quintessential millennial who is just trying to keep their college laptop from dying so they can continue working on their four side hustles to make it to thriving. Tune in each week to hear honest conversations about topics like wellness, finance, spirituality, and self development. Blunt, unfiltered, and unapologetic, inspired by this determination to get to a well rounded feeling of thriving in my 30s. I realized it's so much more than a number. I'm here to share my journey and share life's lessons along the way of learning how to adult as a 90s baby. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Thriving by 30 podcast. Here we go. Today on the podcast, we have a dear old friend of mine. Um, her name is Sarah. Now, well, after this interview, she's a fellow 28-year-old uh, living out in Denver, Colorado. She and I met about 10 years ago while in college at Syracuse. And uh, 
our lives after college have been very different. Um, Sarah's primarily been like a very, like a super adult, as we put it in the interview. Um, whereas I was sort of bumbling around and doing all kinds of stuff. Um, she and I were able to chat a bit about her experience, about, you know, what does letting go of life's expectations, particularly when they're connected to, like, time frames, um, you know, thinking about when the big moments needed to happen. And for her, she was on a very tight schedule. Uh, and so how did she get from that place to now? How did she get to this, like, desire for spontaneity in her 30s Um, so I hope you enjoy our first interview here on the podcast I will see you on the other side This is episode three. Um, I've done... So the first one was like a weird sort of intro um, of like what's happening and what led to the podcast. And then the second one was like how I'm surviving at this point. And so I'm glad to have you here for my first interview and it not just be like me talking the whole time in the show. (laughs) So... I guess I'll just, like, pose the general, right? So we talked about, like, you know, what was something that you felt you wanted to share, and you brought up this idea of, like, well, once I graduated, like, I followed the path that I'm, quote-unquote, supposed to, right? That sort of predestined or that sort of plan of life that we, like, inherited from our parents. And Yeah, I mean, I would even say that it started before we graduated like I think a lot about my like I I fully admit I harbor a lot of resentment for the fact that my brother didn't actually graduate from college and he is still wildly successful I remember Um, you being mad back when it happened yeah well I mean he he didn't check off that box on the list that says get a college degree, right? And everything wound up just fine for him. Um, I know that doesn't happen for a lot of people and that kind of stuff, but I, I always had an idea in my mind of the linear progression of what life is supposed to look like, right? Like graduate from high school, you go to college, you graduate from college, you get your first job out of college, um, you meet somebody, you fall in love, you get married, you buy a house, you have kids. Like, very much prescribed and sort of ingrained in how I felt like I was supposed to be living my life. So I approached everything with, okay, I checked off that box, now what's next? Um, And 
kind of come out on the other side of it, <laughs> of kind of smacking myself in the face and being like, "You, sir, you didn't have to do that. Like, you, you could have done X, Y, and Z. Like, I look at all of our friends who, you know, like, go travel for a year or, you know, take wild vacations or, like, look at Emerson. Emer- who knows what Emerson's doing, but he's definitely not in North America. And Last time I looked, he was in Beijing. And then yeah. he was in Africa for a while, I think. Yeah. And I think that's probably a relatively uh, drastic example. But the yeah. idea, but, but on its face, the idea of doing something that wasn't part of the originally prescribed plan always gave me a ton of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And I think that has something to do with my underlying, like, anxious tendencies. Um, But in general, like, I could never wrap my mind around how are these people managing to do these things that I hadn't, like, that, that aren't part of the plan as it lays out in my mind, right? Like, there's no time for a year of travel. There's no time for me to quit my job and go just live somewhere else. There's no money for that. There's no time for that. I have to stick to a schedule. I have to do what all do you of mean? these things. Well, what do you mean a schedule? Oh my gosh, what do I mean a schedule? I was It's funny, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine about this <laughs> the other day, and we were talking about the fact that, you know, I'm 28 years old, and I'm engaged, and that is not late, that is not necessarily young like I am very much trying to adopt a mindset of what I do with my life and how old I am when those things happen is just it's fine regardless of how it turns out it's fine so I was telling them I was like you know (laughs) I ever since I was little ever since I was old enough to form fantasies and dreams and you know visions of how my life would turn out I had this very strict schedule that my life needed to unfold according to. So I'll start, we'll start at the end and work backwards. Okay. Um, So in my mind, I was like, okay, let's look at all the major milestones. I want, my mom had me when she was 32. And don't get me wrong, my mom and I have a really great relationship and we're super close. But you know, when I was growing up, she felt like she was one of maybe the older moms. Okay, so that means that I want to, let's say I want to have kids by the time I'm 30. Okay, so I want to have kids by the time I'm 30, which means that I need to be married for a, because you want to be married for a couple years, just the two of you, you know? Okay, so let's say I want to be married by the time I'm 28. That means, okay, I want to be able to have plenty of time to plan the perfect wedding. And everybody always says that, you know, you should just be engaged for a certain period of time and just enjoy being engaged to another person. So let's say I want to be able to plan my wedding for a year, year and a half, but I also want to be engaged for a year. So that means I need to be engaged to my future fiance by the time I'm 26. Okay, so that means that in order to be engaged by the time I'm 26, I need to have been with someone for long enough to be convinced that I want to marry them in the first place. So let's call that like a two-year minimum, which means I need to find the person that I'm going to spend the rest of my life with by the time I'm 24. How bonkers is that to say out loud? 
Like, well, 24 is what? Right, sure. When you're... People meet their soulmates by the time they're 24. People meet their soulmates when they're younger than 24. I sure as shit thought I did. But I look back on it now and who I was when I was 24 and how old I was when I was just entering into my last relationship that I thought that person was going to be the one I was going to spend the rest of my life with. And I was a, I was a baby. I had no idea who I was as a person, let alone enough confidence or experience to be able to definitively say, "Mm." but I guess I want to ask, like, how does, I guess what I would call some like pretty big wrenches that I saw you throw into those kinds of timelines. Like typically one doesn't buy a house before you're engaged, right? Yeah, typically. Typically. (laughs) So I guess like those moments, like for you, is that like where you first felt the like, okay, maybe not the way I thought it was going to be is how it's going to be. I think, so, all right, let's give the listeners some backstory. Um, I think most of the folks, well, actually, for, for, for those who don't know um, already who this person is that I'm talking about, we are going to call them Maggie for the sake of anonymity and respect. Um. So Maggie and I met in college. Maggie and I wound up being together for six years in total. Um, We met in college. We met when I was 20. 20 years old. You (laughs) Um, was a baby. I know. And I look back on it and I'm like, duh. Um, So we both graduated from college. We ended up in Colorado together we made a conscious decision to kind of follow our life path here to Colorado and um when we had been together I want to say we were we had been together for about three years oh I don't know we had been together for three years is when we we kind of started talking about no it was four years because I was 24 um we had that was at the point where we started talking about the possibility of buying a house so we were living in a rental in Denver it was relatively um affordable for the area we got a really great deal we had a dog together at the time um we, we got our dog together within um six months of me moving in with her so we'd been together for about a year long distance and then I moved out to Colorado moved in with her right away and we got a dog within six months at my request so keep in mind that all of these things that are happening are very much motivated by me and my requests and what I wanted and so so um, you were still sticking to your timeline in yeah, some way. It, wasn't, it didn't feel like it in the moment, though. Like, it didn't feel like I was consciously saying, okay, I'm, you know, I'm this age. It's time to start doing this. It just, in the moment, it felt very organic. Um, because, like you said, people don't typically buy houses together before they're married. So, anyway, so it's 
three, four years after we're dating, which, you know, in my subconscious timeline is longer than anticipated before we would be engaged. We're not engaged at this point. Um, but I'm not consciously having these thoughts about, okay, it's, you know, blah, blah, blah. But we're living in this house in Denver. We are having some landlord issues. Um, the landlord needs to fix the washing machine. The washing machine has stopped working. We've been without a washing machine for three weeks and they're not very responsive and it's hard to get them to commit to coming over and fixing things and doing things or they say they're going to do, et cetera, et cetera. So we're, you know, sitting around the table, griping about the landlord and I start thinking about, God, it would be so nice if we didn't have to deal with this. What if we just bought a house? Long story short, that's what wound up happening, essentially. Um, We talked to a realtor friend that we knew, and they put us in touch with some um, down payment assistance programs because we're, you know, millennials in 2014. We have no money saved up because we're both drowning in debt. Um, But we made it work. And so... December 2014, we got the keys to our house. And I think in in retrospect, kind of looking back at it and having had some time to process, I wasn't I wasn't frustrated with my landlord to the point where buying a house and not having a landlord was the only answer. I was frustrated with my relationship and the fact that I felt like it was stagnant. Um And that's why you bought a house. I think that has a lot to do with it. Yeah, I wasn't seeing progress. We had both been in the same jobs for a while. We had lived in this rental for a little while. Um, you know, there. the next thing on my checklist was engagement, but there were a lot of issues with Maggie's family and... that was a big reason why we didn't get engaged and I had brought we fought about it all the time we fought about it you know I'm I want to be with you like I don't understand why this is such a big deal and then it was well you know this this, and the other thing is going on so we shouldn't do it like now's not the right time but anyway it just kept getting it was it was never the right time it was never the right I mean it was never the right time um you know, looking back, there never was the right time. We might have felt like I independently thought it was the right time and she didn't, or she independently thought it was the right time and I didn't, but never at the same time. Keeping us from, from doing it. Anyway, I had a moment of frustration where I felt like my life is not progressing according to this prescribed plan and schedule. And so, fuck it. Like, let's just skip ahead and check off the next box down on the list which is buy a house like let's skip engagement and marriage I at least have control over something that makes me feel like our relationship is growing and progressing forward so yeah let's buy a house it was an attempt for me to make myself feel like I was making progress towards whatever the hell I was trying to make project progress toward I still don't know what that is but yeah, needless to say, you know, Maggie and I are not together anymore, and we are still trying to 
disentangle ourselves from this house purchase uh, a year and a half later. Um, so was it the smartest decision? Mentally? No, probably not. Financially, I'm going to reap some benefits. So <laughs> I don't necessarily have, I'm not full of regret, but it definitely looking back at it was like, how is it? ready to be a homeowner yo can i can i just tell you my reaction when you told me you were buying a house i don't think i've ever told you this have i i don't think so well i was living in vermont no so 24 if it was 2014 i was still in grad school yep Mm -hmm. so i'm still in syracuse now for those of you listeners out there who don't know sarah the person that Sarah dated before Maggie was myself. Um, that's like, that's going back like 10 years. Yeah. And actually, that is the correct number. So Sarah, this spring will be the 10-year anniversary of when I rushed. Oh, my God. I know. Oh, my God. Okay. I know. It's kind of like vomit-worthy. Ugh. Like, we're kind of getting up there. Um, hence the 30. Um yeah, but I can remember, I remember you telling me that you had looked into these, like, different, um, you know, like, mortgage, like, first-time uh, homeowner things going on in Colorado at that time. And I can remember you being, like, really excited and, like, trying to share all these, like, different details with me over the phone about buying a house. And I remember distinctly, like, saying like having to stop you like mid conversation and be like Sarah 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 let me let me just get this straight you're buying a house and like you're not engaged and there's like still all that stuff like with family happening that I never heard got resolved like what's happening like what is going on i remember being so confused oh yeah it was it was 100% a defense and coping mechanism for the fact that my relationship was not progressing at a pace that I had in my mind as what, what, what I wanted. And I felt like, okay, so she won't propose to me. We won't get engaged, but she says she wants to be with me forever regardless. So this shouldn't be that big of a deal. I think that's exactly what you said to me on the phone. Yeah, it was like, it, you know. Like I, something to the extent of like, well, if we're going to do it, like, if we do it out of order, it's fine if we're going to do it all anyway. Right, yeah, something along those lines. Yeah, so me buying a house when I was 24 years old is still, to this day, one of my proudest accomplishments. I mean, that's a pretty I, big deal. Yeah, I, I kicked but I'm sorry, I did. I fucking bought a house when I was 24. And it's a huge point of pride for me. And whether or not it ended up being the house that I wound up raising my children in and marrying the love of my life in and coming home to is moot at this point because I'm in such a better place right now. Like, yes, it is a headache and a half to be dealing with this um like I'm basically going I'm basically getting a divorce without paying any lawyers uh to try and get 
untangled from this house with this other person. And it's just, you know, it's refreshing to know that I, I'm, I feel like I'm on the other side of this. Like I finally peeled back the curtain and come to the realization that as much as it still might creep in and as much as these thoughts of schedules and timelines and milestones are still these kind of demons that I have in the back of my anxious little brain. Um, I'm, I'm, I can see the, the clarity now that I didn't have before because I know that the only person putting those pressures on myself to check off these boxes in a certain period of time is me. And as much as I wish that I hadn't gone through that and I hadn't lived from 20 to 27 years old feeling all of that pressure, it just makes me able to appreciate the life that I have now so much more. So kind of go back to the the way the story ends is Maggie and I break up. I... We, we should have broken up a lot long, a lot earlier than we did. We were together for, um, I think it was just over six years in total. And um, we should have broken up like when we had reached four. We, we were together way too long. Um, but we had built this life together and we had bought this house together and we had this dog together. And I moved to Colorado for her and it felt so scary to leave that because whatever else was out there was so unknown. I had no life in Colorado without this other person. And so I didn't know what else was out there for me if she didn't exist in it. So anyway, I wind up finally biting the bullet and saying, you know, this isn't working. Um, She continues to live in the house that we own together. She actually still lives there. Um, and I moved into a house in a West Denver suburb called Golden, um, right at the foothills of the mountains with six roommates. With <laughs> whose roommate? I, with six roommates. Oh, with six roommates. Yeah. And everybody I talked to who I told them I was doing this looked at me like I had a million heads. I was going from this homeowner, settled, established relationship, good job, very adult, quote-unquote, lifestyle. Yeah, you were a super adult, super quick. I was a super adult, and I was so trapped. I felt so trapped by being a super adult all the time. So I kicked down the door, and I basically went, backwards but yeah I mean you know the picture the the picture of my house the what that the way that I live in it now is and was and continues to be exactly what I needed at the time to recenter myself and be able to let go of all of the things that I have come to realize don't matter like, like what so these people that I'm surrounded by are just constant reminders of the fact that I can be whoever I want to be and I can do whatever I want to do at any stage of my life. And 
it doesn't matter whether or not it aligns with what my original plan was. Do I want to have kids one day? Yes. Do I want to be married one day? Yes. And apparently that's in the cards to me sooner than I thought it would be. But like, just being here and being surrounded by the energy in this house of freedom and creativity and happy-go-lucky lightness is something that I have lacked for so long. And I'm trying to absorb as much of it as I can while I'm here and just remember that life in and of itself is not a series of accomplishments. It's not uh, pages and pages of checklists that you can say that you've crossed everything off. It's the people you're surrounded by and the experiences that you have. And whether or not that's an experience of being a whitewater rafting guide in Alaska or just having a group of people who you can grab a beer with and go to karaoke on a Thursday and bitch and moan on Friday about how terrible you feel, like having those people in your life who are willing to do those types of things with you make life feel so much more full than being able to say I bought a house when I was 24. Well, then let me ask you this. What words do you think... Ooh. Sorry. Was that on your end? Okay. Um, Well, thinking about, you know, if you're now 28, and so your first... So the last eight years have been around this kind of timetable... That you're finally like, ooh, maybe I don't need to follow, like look at this so often or remind myself of so often, right? If you think about the next eight years, how, what words would you use to like describe what you want them to be like if they aren't about a plan? Oh my God. So it's funny, I've been... <laughs> been working with my therapist on this. <laughs> so like this is as much as I want people to be able to relate to the things that I'm saying, I definitely recognize that a lot of the shit that I'm dealing with is like my own shit, right? Like um It's funny though like how much of us have the same shit that we need to deal with too. Yeah. You know? Like all this yeah. stuff that you're saying around like pre-described notions and like having to really work on like this idea that you had to do particular things like I left a master required job and I went to work in food service and Mm -hmm. if that doesn't take swallowing some some pride I don't know what does or at least from my end but like this idea of like like I must have said multiple times like what the fuck am I doing I'm a master like I have a master's degree and I'm working in food service yeah right like doing something wrong oh yeah right like and i'm i'm so proud of you and knowing you to be able to know that like you are exactly the type of person who i need in my life who is like look this is where i'm at in my life right now and whether or not that means i'm i'm coming across as successful in the the eyes of other people isn't necessarily the most important thing in the world but anyway, ha- I mean, so yeah, I, I've, I've talked to my therapist a lot about <laughs> the next quote-unquote eight years, right? Because she calls it future planning. 
Because what I have to be able to do, according to my therapist, who is great and lovely and effective, and I advocate for everybody to have a therapist, but um, I get very overwhelmed by the future and by what the next eight years will look like and what I know I want to achieve, but also feeling powerless in my current situation and being able to have the tools available to me in order to do it. So eight years from now, I turned 28 on Monday. Um, so eight years from now, I'll be 36. Wow. 36. I started off a sentence in the exact same mindset that I had in high school. If I don't have kids by the time I'm 36, I'm doing something wrong. Not true. Like if I, I am so ingrained in this that I even just caught myself doing it right then. Okay. Um, well then let me rephrase my question for you. <laughs> okay. What do you want your 30s to feel like? Oh. I, the words that come to my mind, at least kind of at a gut level, are, I want my 30s to be, I want my 30s to be fun. I want my 30s to be spontaneous and at least see moments of spontaneity right of oh my god remember that time we just picked up and did x y and z right um i want my 30s to be fun i want my 30s to be spontaneous i want my 30s to be relaxing and i know that that is probably not going to be the case but I come at that word relaxing from a place of I just want to be able to be better equipped to handle challenges and hardships and speed bumps and twists and turns in the road with a more relaxed mindset as opposed to launching immediately into a frenzy of anxiety and worry around well what does that mean and what do I do instead and how do I get through this and how does that impact the rest of my life and all that kind of stuff like I just don't want to feel so stressed all the time oh god that's a good way to put it (laughs) (laughs) okay well so you're turning 28 you're on the eve of your 28th What does the next two years look like in setting yourself up for that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what it is. So I'm in the next two years, I am kind of using this as my, I guess it's like a, a, a first step towards, okay, see if you can do this thing without getting caught up in everything. See if you can actually play in a wedding and be engaged to a person and face all of the questions that you will inevitably get from family members and grandma who doesn't understand that things are different now, like 2018 grandma, you know, like see if you can walk through this experience and this phase of life in a way that I feel good about, in a way that I feel confident in. Um, So it's kind of like just diving into the deep end and being like, okay, remember that whole relaxed, (laughs) fun spontaneous part that you said you wanted like let's let's see if we can do this now (laughs) ready to go (laughs) um gotta jump off the deep end sometime 
Yeah, exactly. So it's scary, but it's also exciting. And I I have to say, you know, you and I, you and I in particular have watched each other walk through so many different stages of life. <laughs> Eight, and almost 10 years. Almost 10 years of life. I don't know, the next two years, I almost don't even want to have a plan. I almost don't even, like... You know, it's always good to catch up with folks. Um, There's just some of those people in your life who, like, it doesn't really matter the last time you talk to them. It just picks up where you left off. Um, You know, I really appreciate you all stopping by today. As always, you can find us on Instagram at thrivingby30pod. You can connect to us there. You can find more ways to support the podcast via the online shop. PayPal and soon to be a coming uh, Patreon page that's on the horizon. All of those can be found on my website at brianmckinneyart.com. The link is in the description, in the show notes. Um, I would really appreciate if those of you who are on iTunes could leave us a rating, leave us a review. Um, You know, it would really help the show out. Uh, Today's music was graciously provided from the YouTube Free Music Library. And I really appreciate... Ooh, my phone is blowing up. Turns out I gotta go. Um, So, geez. Okay. It's my cue. Um, You know, from all of us here, I appreciate you stopping by to listen uh, and spend some time with me today. Until next time... Keep thriving. Mm-hmm.